This morning's scripture comes from Acts 4, verses 32 through 35. Now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. With great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as owned lands or houses sold them and bought the pro brought the proceeds of what was sold. They laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Well, good morning. So glad that you all are here today. It was the Saturday after 4th of July, 1995. So, a minute ago, I went to serve as a counselor at Camp Sumatanga at elementary camp number four for the first time in my life. And I parked in the gravel drive. Some of y'all have been to the lodge there at Camp Sumatanga. And as I walked toward the swing sets under the covered front porch, that is where I first laid eyes on one young Miss Leanne Lang. And uh, I remember that moment. She was wearing, some of y'all are going to go way back here with me, pink denim overall shorts. But I went to camp that week to serve, not to chase girls. And so that is exactly what I did. I put my head down to the plow and I, I uh, had a great time as an elementary camp counselor. I ended up spending many more years going back and serving <coughs> at camp. But but that week, Leanne and I, and she'll tell you, didn't speak a whole lot. I mean, we got to know each other a little bit, but, but not much. It wasn't until a few weeks later that we reconnected. And last month, we celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. So, yep. oh yeah, sure. It's her, right? Not me. She deserves the applause, to be 100% clear. As I read this week's scripture about the church holding all things in common and giving to each other as they had need, I felt like marriage is a pretty solid metaphor for the early church and how they lived their lives and, and is a good metaphor for the modern church as well, at least when we're at our best. And so if you'll allow me, I want to point out just a few obvious things from the scripture and then share a little bit about mine and Leanne's life together 
that maybe will illuminate it a little bit and then in the end talk a little bit about the ways that this church now is, I believe, in a situation a lot like most marriages where sometimes you have to give and sometimes you have to take. So the first thing that is just obvious from the scripture here, and you all have heard this one preached on probably a hundred times in your life, is that they gave, you know, they, they had all things in common. And what that means is sometimes if you have, then you give, right? When we have, we give. Let me tell you all a story. So I graduated from Auburn in 99 uh, with a mechanical engineering degree. I had no intention of being in ministry. My wife had no intention in being a pastor's wife. Um, in fact, we talked about it, right? And as things go, we both graduated. Her degree is in horticulture, and so she knows everything about plants and trees, anything that you ever need. Please um, go to her with your questions, not me. <laughs> we moved to Decatur, and I got a job in Huntsville because Huntsville is the mecca for engineering in this state. No one is actually a true engineer until they have worked in Huntsville at some point in this in this state. And so that's where we, we moved, and I worked at Wiley Test Laboratories. You may remember seeing a sign that said Wiley on the side of a big glass building on I-565 as you drove into Huntsville. And it was a test lab, and I was in the environmental division, and so we could make rain, snow, sleet. We had a garage big enough to park a tank in that we could go all the way to 500 degrees Fahrenheit and as cold as negative 100 degrees Fahrenheit. We got to break a lot of very expensive military and commercial toys. Um, we got to do really cool things. It was a wonderful job, and one day I'm sure I'll tell you lots of little stories about it. However, the whole time that I was there, I had this nag in my side that I was not doing something that God wanted me to do. Have you ever felt that way? Like, it, I had this feeling that one day I was going to look back over my life and feel like I had missed an opportunity. And I wrestled with that for months. And so I made a deal with God because I had any leverage to make a deal with God, but I made a deal with God and it was, okay, God, I, I'm in an engineering career that I feel like is going to work out to be pretty good for my family and me and all those kinds of things. But if you want me out of this engineering job into ministry, then I'm going to need you to show up with some kind of burning bush. That seems fair, right? Right? So God, I'm, I'm slow. I'm not quick on the draw on some things. So I'm going to need you to put a billboard on the interstate or something, right? I need a burning bush. So what I did was I made the deal with God that I was going to go sit on a rock at Camp Sumatonga all weekend by myself. I'm going to go in the woods. I'm going to sit on a rock. And if God wants me in ministry, God will show up, right? Somehow. And if, and if God doesn't show up, then that's fine too. So I told a friend of mine this, a pastor who was actually in Calera at the time, and he said, well, before you do that, I have a book I want you to read, which... If a pastor ever says that to you. Anyway, I said yes. So I got in the car, and on January 2nd, 2000, I was driving south through Coleman, and I had my burning bush moment. And it was not a burning bush. It was not a billboard. It was just a feeling. It 
if you had been with me in the car, you probably would not have heard anything or noticed anything different. But I felt like God was saying to me in that moment, this is your time. This is your one life. And you have an opportunity here to do something that will create eternal impact if you choose to, to accept it. And I was crying and I was, you know, and, and the rest is, as they say, history. We went to seminary and all the things. And you might think that this is a story to illustrate how I had something to give and I gave. And it's not. I'm not the one who gave the most in that decision. It was Leanne, I think. And I didn't know that at the moment because I was a man and I was 20-something and I, <laughs> I didn't know anything then. I still don't know anything, but I definitely can look back now and realize that I know now more than I did in my 20s. And I, um, she didn't sign up to be a pastor's wife. You know what? And, um, and she was put in a position where, and I didn't know this, but she was put in a position where if she had said anything negative about me feeling called into ministry, well, now that puts her at odds with God. And I don't know where you all sit about that, but that's not a place where either of us ever wanted to be. And that's, that's the position that I put her in because I just didn't see it. And that lasted for about two years until we miscarried. And we were living in Kentucky, we were in seminary, and I had spent those two years absolutely loving life, right? I was, my life and my purpose and what God wanted me to do with my life, they were all in a straight line, right? I felt like I was waking up every morning doing exactly what God had called me to do. I'm going to seminary where I have all these wonderful professors and friends that are just pouring into my life, and I'm feeling like I'm getting to go to the best church every day. You know what I mean? Not, you know, sometimes church is okay, but when you go to a really good church service, you know, and the pastor is really on that day, then you walk away feeling, man, that, that was great, right? I did that every day, but, but that wasn't Leanne's experience, and I didn't really recognize that until we miscarried, and, and that is when all, everything hit the fan, as, as they say, and, and a lot of things came out, and I had my eyes opened to to the ways that she was the one who had been carrying our marriage for the last couple of years. And I was the one who, and my next bullet is when we need, we ask. I was the one who had been asking, and the irony is I didn't even really realize that I had been. And this is how it is with a marriage, right? Brene Brown, if any of y'all are Brene Brown friends, she will tell you that marriage is not 50-50, right? Some days it's 60-40, some days it's 80-20, some days it's 70-30. Some days you come home from work and you say, "Hun, I don't have anything. It's all you. I am going to the bedroom and whatever, I'm going to read a book or zone out. That's just how it is sometimes, and you guys know this. It's much more accurate to say that marriage is 100-100 than to say it's 50-50. And those of y'all that have been married for a while know this, right? It is always giving. And so the, here's the thing, though. In the times when you need, sometimes it takes a little humility to ask, doesn't it? I would, I would venture, I guess, that more people right here in these pews today feel more comfortable 
when they have something to give to church than when they need something from church, right? But those are the times, right? There are times when, when we have to turn to our friends and say, it's time for, us, time for you to carry me. I can carry you, and other times today I need you to carry me. Maybe that's a little easier in a marriage. In church, sometimes that's difficult. So whether we have and we give, or whether we need and we ask, you look at the early church, and, and it says that they held all things in common, that they, those who had property would sell it, and that they would bring the proceeds to the church so that everyone who had need would receive and be be made whole. But then here's the last thing that I think. Whether we have and we need or whether, I mean, whether we have and we give or whether we need and we ask, at all times, always, we sacrifice for each other, for the church, for God. There's a story in 2 Samuel about King David. Y'all have probably heard this story before. There was a a plague happening in Israel. And in order to get ahead of the plague and stop it, David went to buy a field of a man named Arana, I believe. And, and he, he went to buy the field so that he could build an altar, make a sacrifice, make, give an offering to God, and the plague would be stopped. And when he got there, he found the owner of the field and he said, I'm here to buy this field from you. Here's why. And the owner said, no, 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 have it. Just take it. Everything I have is yours. In fact, here are the oxen for you to kill for the burnt offering. Here's the yoke from the oxen to chop up and use as wood for the burnt offering. I'm going to give all of this to you. And do you remember what David said? This is one of the best lines in the entire Hebrew Scriptures. Hang on to it. He said, far be it from me to give something to God that did not cost me something. It's not a gift to God if it doesn't cost something. We'll talk more about this in coming days. It's not about how many zeros there are on the front side of the decimal place. It's about the sacrifice that you make to give it. Friends, let me have a conversation with you that I would never normally have with you my second week in the pulpit, but here we are because it's upon us. I feel like I want to say this out loud. Our friends across the parking lot in the Restore building have property that they are selling and bringing for the good of the community, exactly like the scriptures say. Our friends across the property, I mean across the parking lot, are sacrificing the place where they meet God every Sunday morning, the place where they have memories, where their children were baptized, where some of them certainly were married, and where they had funerals for their loved ones, places that hold dear memories, and they're, they're selling that in order to bring for the good of the church that we might all be made whole. And friends, I, I'm sure you all have already been thinking about this and talking about this and having these conversations, but I feel it's necessary for us to just say this out loud that all of us in the sanctuary we need to begin having those conversations if you're not already about what we're willing to sacrifice in order for them also to be made whole. Because when they come over, we're going to have to figure things out like times and locations and aesthetics. And, and what I'm asking you to consider sacrificing is possibly your worship time or the aesthetic of this room if they move in here with us. 
there are things that we are going to have to sacrifice as well. And I would argue far be it from any of us to give something to God that did not cost us something. So that we can get to the point where, and I know that you guys have these conversations in your marriages, those of you who are married. Leanne and I do often. We did the last two nights. We made a fire in our little fire pit. We sat out in the backyard. The weather was absolutely phenomenal. We turned our phones off. We obviously didn't have a TV out there. And we just dreamed, right? We dreamed about the future. We talked about how thankful we were for our kids, right? Last night was Spain Park's homecoming dance. And our middle son, you know, went to the dance with just this absolutely cute little girl that we'd never met before. And we're so proud of him, right? And we're proud of all of our kids. And we dreamed about what's going to happen to them when they grow up. And, and when we, you know, when they move out of the house and all the freedom and money that we're going to have when they're gone. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you have already been there before and you know, like we, so we dreamed about all the places we'll go and things we'll see, right? And, and friends, this church has that future ahead of us. Before I knew I was being appointed here, years ago, I've had conversations with people that y'all know, like Brian and Arthur and our DS and others, about what an amazing church this is. And more than that, what a strategically located church in space and time that alabaster is if you look around at what's going on in the united methodist church around us suddenly we find ourselves as the largest church going south out of our conference that brings opportunity y'all and responsibility to support churches and i know that y'all already do this because you have relationships with camp brantz and with vincent and with ben down in calera some of you are here from Helena, right? And some of you are here from Lakeview. And so we already have kind of those relational connections going, but I would tell you all that I think the opportunity and responsibility for this church is to grow those relationships, to become a place in the southern end of our conference that is leading, that is teaching, that is supporting other churches, not just those within our church, not just this community, Alabaster, outreach to the community, but even to churches and other nearby communities that we would be a support for them as well. And in order for us to get there, all of us are going to sacrifice because none of us are going to go without, right? All of us are going to find ways to make sure that everyone in this marriage, if we're sticking with the metaphor, is made whole. And we're going to get there by sacrifice. Friends, I want to invite you to consider and have conversations in your Sunday school classes, in your small groups, in your dining tables and things like that with what you're willing to give up so that you can then later have those conversations with me so that we can make the best plan for everyone moving forward. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to say thank you for this congregation. The ways that they have loved you, the ways that they have been a lighthouse to this community. And I ask that you continue to give us opportunities to do such, just like Trunk or Treat in a few weeks, that you would give us opportunities and help us see and take advantage of those opportunities to love our neighbors as you have loved us. And, and God, let me say right now, thank you to the sacrifice that 
some in our church are making that we might all be made whole. And I ask that you give us creativity and help us to look for places where we might also sacrifice. Indeed, I believe, God, it is when we take up our cross and follow you that, that we are made whole. Let us, let us all get there. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.